Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10, and a very special episode of Hands Up, the education podcast that takes a light-hearted look at all the quirks that make being a teacher, an educator, or just part of a school, a truly unique experience. My name's Jordan Firth, I'm a Year 1 teacher, and I'm joined remotely by not one, but two people. As always, I'm joined by fellow teacher, co-host, and co-creator, Mark Tomlinson. Hello! But today, we're also joined by the man who taught us to be a little bit more like Mrs. May, whose blog has helped teachers use tech to raise standards, better known as the one and only ICT with Mr. P, it's Lee Parkinson. Thank you very much for that introduction, hope we're well. Good, I feel like that was like a like a Game of Thrones kind of reading out <laughs> yeah. all, all your tiles. <laughs> yeah, I've done, I've, done a, I've done a video on that where it's like, you can't just be a teacher anymore now, can you? You've got to put every possible sort of word in front assistant principal coordinator before you can even be considered uh, it's, it's, it's mad yeah my email signature gets longer every year every yeah teaching yeah. Year. yeah it's funny in this episode mark will be looking at the school in disney movie jack as part of his famous fictional school <laughs> i'll count down five fictional students i'd love to teach and it's kind of peak job season for teachers so our teacher talking point uh, we're going to be talking about the strangest interview questions you've ever been asked and of course we'll be chatting with mr p so it's great to have you with us so sit down cross your legs or make sure your chair's tucked in four legs mark and let's get started. Mark, I'll come quickly to you first. Yeah. You alright? What's new? Very well. You haven't been in school yet still, so I imagine you're still no, twiddling your thumbs. No, but as you know, I'm a, a teacher governor. Been on a yeah. teacher governor Zoom meeting today. How was that? Um, uh, it was great. Mm. Yeah, really enjoyed it. <laughs> Some of our governors listened to this podcast, loved it. They do. Brilliant. <laughs> what time did it start? It started at 1.30. It was over by 2.30, but oh. one governor, he he was sat in some kind of, like, sauna, um, and he did a little scan round with his camera, bed in the corner. <laughs> of a sauna? Yeah, it, it wasn't a sauna, it was a shed. It looked like a sauna, <laughs> but, it was, but it, was a, it was a shed. But it had a bed in the corner, and as he did a little scan round to show the bed, all the other governors went quiet. I know, so, I know that place. I've been that... there a few times. The doghouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Familiar, familiar. Um, let's introduce our guest then. So we have ICT with Mr. P, but for the purpose of the purposes of this, we'll call him Lee, since yeah. that's his actual name. Um, but Lee, it is great to have you with us. Now, I, I don't mean to brag, and I know that your podcast, Two Mr. P's in the Podcast, is is very, very popular and has gone. Very, I think you've topped the education charts before. Um, but at one point, hands up, uh, we were the 115th most listened to education podcast in Belgium. So, you know, we're a pretty big deal <laughs> ourselves. Um, let's just assume that maybe some of our Belgian listeners maybe haven't come across you before and, and maybe don't know who you are and what you're about just tell us in a nutshell a bit about you and, and what you do yeah yeah uh, I learned the other day that if you're from Belgium you're Flemish zoom quizzes I'm learning so much that's all I do at the minute just zoom quizzes turns out yeah um, so yeah so I'm a primary school teacher I've been a primary school teacher now for uh, 12 years or so still work in the same school that I started in as an NQT um, but probably about six years ago now, um, I sort of went part-time and then started doing CPD and training 
um, part of the week and then do work in my school part of the week as well. So sort of best of both worlds. Just travelling here, there and everywhere, supporting schools, teachers as much as possible, looking at how to creatively enhance your curriculum through technology. And um, obviously with ideas that I've shared online and, and, um, and other bits and bobs, funny insights into life in the classroom, I've sort of gained quite... Um, quite a following online as well so uh yeah here there and everywhere yeah well i was going to mention that because um you've got and it's over over two hundred thousand likes now on facebook and and it's all within i guess just the teacher community so it's quite a i guess a relatively niche um sort of demographic you've got so to have two hundred thousand of those people that all know you have you ever had like a moment where you've been like stopped on the street or you're just in you know I mean we kind of get it as teachers anyway where you get yeah, that little yeah, celebrity yeah. moment where a child sees you in Sainsbury's and they're yeah. like oh my god it's Mr Firth have you ever had that like from other uh, teachers I have actually yeah I've had it a few times um, uh, it happens quite well not quite well yeah it happens quite regularly now it sounds like I'm being dead big headed <laughs> but um, no it has I mean I think the way, the funniest one was I was on a stag doing IB for last year one of my best mates was getting married and um, we were sat outside Cafe Del Mar just having a bit of uh, bit of scrant, sort of recovering from the night before. And uh, a group of about 20 girls on a hen do walked past and then one of them clocked, clocked me and then it was like, because oh, they were all teachers and it just was, uh, oh, Mr. P, Mr. P. <laughs> and like, we've just met, uh, who did they say? They met some comedian, uh, what's he called now? Uh, the, the one that was in I'm a Celeb, is it Joel? What's this, Joel Domit? Joel Domit. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. just met him in a bar, but we're so much more excited to see you. So, uh, yeah, my mates on the stag do were absolutely loving life. Um, so that's probably the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's probably the the weirdest place I've I've been recognised in uh, on the strip in IB for, I suppose. But yeah, is it? It's just like being a teacher, though. You know, when you go down to Sainsbury's and you and and they sort of because you get that reaction by children, don't you? Either get the ones who can't believe you're actually a human being that does things outside of the classroom and then you get the other yeah. ones that sort of uh, completely they're scared stiff have you ever had that where you clock eyes with a child and they don't know how to react to it the fact that you're in the same place outside of school and they just you know go inside a little shell and don't and you sort of try and let on to them uh, or they just ignore you and that's really awkward as well so uh so yeah, it's, uh, it's. I'm usually one that does. I'm usually one that does the ignoring in a supermarket. Right. I'll try and. I'll you know. I'll go down that aisle later. I don't need. I don't need milk. It's fine. I don't need bread. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go, Mark. Mark, bear that in mind. If you get a bit more of a following next time you're in Ibiza and there's yeah. a, a hen do, yeah. you might get. You know. You I might went get on a. I went on a duck do last year. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not answering it. <laughs> we'll leave it. Mark, what's a duck do? Quack, quack. <laughs> Let's move on to my top five for this week. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. You, you're all right. Um, Mark, you've covered many a fictional school now, and you've mm. spoken quite a lot about the teachers and, and pupils alike. And But I feel like when we talk about these schools, we do focus quite a lot on the teachers, which is, yeah. which is only right where teachers were comparing experiences, maybe relating them to teachers that we know or that, that we've met and come across. But... What about the students? Because they are still relevant to us, aren't they? You know, perhaps we don't give some of these teachers that you've looked at, Mark, enough credit for having to try and educate some of these pupils that are out there. Um, 
and there are some pupils out there that would, that would just be great to have in the classroom. So my top five is like a little, it's like a little five-a-side classroom team. You know, they all bring something a little bit different. I've not gone for the obvious, you know, I've not just gone for your Hermione's uh, and your Matildas and stuff like that. They all, you know. Because no one wants them in the class anyway. You don't want them to... Exactly. If they're too far, you know, like Matilda, that scene in Matilda where, you know, um, she's... she's Miss Honey goes, what did she She says something like, uh, doing the times tables, and then she goes, oh, you carry on like this, you'll know what 5,728 times whatever is. And then Matilda just comes out of it. Not being funny, she didn't even put her hand up. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, you don't shout out, that's rule number one. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to this, yeah. Now, what I will say is that Matilda is the only one on this list that is quite obvious. However, it's not for, it's not for the reason that you would you would expect. So let's start then with number five. five. Now for number five, I've gone for Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons. Now, there isn't really a place on the social structure for a year two boy who thinks that rats are pointy kitties and calls his teacher mummy. You know, I was thinking about the children that go to Springfield Elementary and I'm a massive fan of The Simpsons and, and who I'd want in my class. And do I want, you know, like the misfit, you know, Millhouse or the you know, we've got the brown nosers in Martin or troublemakers in Nelson. But, you know, Ralph isn't a rule follower like Lisa. He's not a rule breaker like Bart. Ralph doesn't observe the rules because he's almost completely unaware of them. Um, and more than any other of his students of Springfield Elementary, Ralph is just a child. You know, Bart and Lisa and Millhouse and all that, they're, they're kids. But Ralph, you know, he's a, he's a child. He eats glue. He picks his nose. He volunteers unprompted he makes nonsensical declarations for example when lisa says hey ralph do you want to come with me and allison and play anagrams yeah we take proper names and rearrange them uh, rearrange the letters to form a description of that person ralph responds with my cat's breath smells like cat food his character is sometimes written as dim but profound sometimes borderline psychotic and occasionally developmentally disabled pretty sure ralph would need an iep but you know what i'll take that extra paperwork because more than anything else ralph just is what he is a child who hasn't yet aged into a kid and also because he represents all of us in our yeah that sounded better in my head moments <laughs> I, I do love ralph he's, yeah he's he's, he's quality he's the sort of kid especially if his dad is the police officer as well getting on the good side would always uh <laughs> Be uh, be helpful, wouldn't it? But he's yeah, he's a sort of kid who you could read the same story to every single day, and each time he'd look incomplete, <laughs> bewilderment. Like there's no such thing as a gruffle. There's not anything. Yeah, we read it yesterday, but yeah, go on. Four. Number four is probably my most controversial one here. I feel just looking down my list. Um, for number four, I've gone for Cartman, uh, Eric Cartman from South Park. Now he's fat, he's rude, he's racist, he's anti-Semitic, he is one of the worst people on earth and because of all that I would just love to have him in my class. No one likes him, yet he's in the middle of everything. He is, you know, he's, he's a disgusting bully that far too often gets away with his terrible behaviour and the world loves to hate him for it. There aren't enough words in the English language to describe just how terrible of a person he is. But there also aren't enough words to describe how funny he is either. Cartman, more than anyone else, represents the best and worst, I think, of me as a person. <laughs> yeah, he's really offensive, but he's so funny when he is. 
the yeah. offensiveness isn't met with defensiveness it's met with laughs and and lots of them would the world be a better place without him yeah would it be worth it no way and that moment when you're in the transition meeting at the end of the year with a new class teacher doing the handover and you can just sit there and lean back with a smug knowing look and just go good luck well I mean, that's just priceless. <laughs> and to be fair, we've all been there on uh, parents' evening when we have a running with one of the parents and we end up breaking into the song that he sings. Is it in the movie? About Carl's mum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just into your classroom afterwards, just singing it. Three. It is Matilda. Now, uh, the reason I chose Matilda was because... I did feel like I needed to balance out those last two with a, a bit of a more obvious choice. And because, you know, Ralph is he's clearly working at pre-key stage. Cartman, you know, relatively capable, but he's not going to do anything. So we need that student in our class to, you know, basically keep our sanity sometimes. She's bright beyond the years. She's kind. She's genuine and she is enthusiastic. Um, she represents what many would consider the ideal pupil. I mean, sure, she comes with baggage. She's got those kind of parents that we've all had to deal with. I'm pretty sure their homeschooling at the moment would be to just sit her in front of Gojetters and Mr. Tumble and hope she accidentally learns something. Um, <laughs> but despite all that, she would be ideal to have in the class, if anything, because on the Friday afternoon when you decide, right, you have earned a treat, so let's watch 15 minutes of Shrek, she can just turn the lights off with a blink. So I know what you're thinking. Did you really only choose Matilda so she could be a light switch monitor? Yes. Yes, I did. She'd be like the kid in your class who's the PA. Everyone has like a little PA to remind you of when you're supposed to do things. I mean, she's that good. She ends up getting adopted by one of the teachers. So, you know, I've never liked a child that much that I'd want to adopt them. So she must be doing something right. Do you know what I mean? But she'd be great. Like like you say, she'd be helping you with a display. And when you, you know, you left the uh, board on the other side of the room, just a quick... At number two, I've got Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. Now, Ron Weasley's characterisation of Luna uh, is, I know she's insane, but it's in a good way, which is precisely what makes Luna a bit of a delight. She's that offbeat type, um, and you know, it's it's not surprising that she's a little strange when you consider that her mother died in a tragic accident when she was young, her father publishes the uh, tabloid the quibbler um but despite her constant dreamlike state she's quite intelligent she's in ravenclaw after all she cares about friends she supports them she can see what's going on in people's minds she's the sort of girl whose books you might actually look forward to marking to just see what she's come out with or the sort of person that if you've got a visitor in assembly you'd get her up to go and answer a question or ask a question just to see how that person would react um and i also feel like she'd be that sort of person that gives you really interesting gifts at Christmas or or in summer something really something like homemade that's really out there um so yeah I've gone for I've gone for Luna Lee have you ever had any weird uh gifts given to you gifts um no I've yeah. never had weird ones a guy I worked with once got a full length mirror as a present, which was a bit <laughs> random. Uh, I don't know what the message was with that one. I mean, I've always been quite lucky. I think <laughs> the best gift I ever had was when I got married, like the whole class put together and got us a load of dollars yeah. for the honeymoon, which was which was amazing. So oh, nice. yeah, but always been quite lucky. But I, I can't, like I, I said on our 
recent podcast episode, we did a little thing on someone asked us what's our biggest like unpopular opinion, and that's mine. Mm. Not a fan of Harry Potter. It's backfired massively. Oh, really? It's backfired massively. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I've, had, I've had hate. It's only been out a day, but already that's the one thing everyone cannot believe. It's just one of them. I think I was just a little bit past when the first book came out. I think I was because mm. I think. I, I was catching up on some of the episodes before, and you were saying, I think you're a couple, I don't know how old you are, Jordan, you're a little bit younger than me, I think, aren't you? I'm 29. Right, yeah, so I must have been just a little bit older, and you know when you go through that phase yeah. where reading books isn't the coolest, I was probably about, you know, 13, yeah. 14, so I never really got into the, the books, and then the films just sort of, yeah, I'm not big on sort of fantasy, but I can appreciate them, I think, you know, uh, I can understand why people like them, just not my cup of tea. No, you said the same, didn't you, Mark? You were a bit, maybe too late. Uh... Yeah, too late to them. Um, and when my children started reading them, they were reading independently, so I didn't need to sit and read with them. So. Yeah. What? For number one, I've gone for Dash Parr from The Incredibles. I actually think he's the most annoying character out of all of them, but my class haven't won sports day in years, and I ain't winning any races with Cartman, so get him in. (laughs) It's a weird one, that, though. It's a weird one, because they called him Dash before they knew what his superpower was. (laughs) You know what I mean? True. (laughs) It's like Scar in Lion King. Did he have the Scar when he was born? You know, there's there's always that... Where did he get that Scar from? Is it a nickname? You know... Those unanswered questions you get from Disney sometimes. Yeah, the ones that keep you up at night. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a look then at our teacher talking point this week. Um, So as I said, it is pretty much peak job season here at the minute and I've seen loads of NQTs, especially kind of on Twitter and stuff, going for their first teaching jobs and, and getting interviews. And we do usually stress, don't we, Mark, that this is an education podcast. Um, But it's one in which you won't really learn anything. Um, However... We might be able to help you out here if you're going for a job because sometimes interviewers like to try and set themselves apart, don't they, from the rest of the crowd by asking questions that are a bit left left field, shall we say. Um, and the other day, uh, at Josie Posey 2 tweeted asking, what is the strangest question you've ever been asked at job interviews? So let's have a look at a few responses and who knows, you might just be prepared for a question that would have otherwise caught you out. Um, so just to start with there were loads and loads and loads of food themed questions and I'm sure these interviewers thought they were being really unique but actually they're all the same so at Miss Davies SW said she got asked what kind of cereal would you be at another teacher said if you were a biscuit what kind of biscuit would you be uh, Mr H if you were a vegetable what would you be uh, at Kirsten Hartfit 2 says if you were a cheese what type of cheese would you be at Spot X, if you were a fruit, what kind of fruit? Um, we go on and on. Um, at Yam Yamlin uh, says, what kind of sh- sweet treat would you be? And she said that she answered with, I wouldn't. I'm a black country wench. I'd be a pork scratching. <laughs> <laughs> she said, hashtag got the job. So well done. Um, and then at Miss Windit said, she got asked if you were a pizza, what topping would you have and why? I mean... Well, firstly, what's the point? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with it. Any of those jump out at, at either of you that you think you could you could have answered there? I I yeah I don't really I don't really get the point. <laughs> what what's no. that? Did they have an answer in mind with these sort of questions? As in, 
you know, the, they've well, got a list of that's... possible answers. Is it like one of those quizzes yeah. you used to do back in school where it tells you, you know, which celebrity you most like by what fruit you eat or something like that? Have they got a little sorting? <laughs> what they called them, the, the um, like, branching database, and at the bottom it tells you who you're yeah, going to marry yeah. or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, I did. No, I, I had the same thought that... Um, Maybe it's to see if the candidate can think outside the box, but I, I just can't imagine SLT and governors are sat there in, in their meeting afterwards saying, well, they absolutely <laughs> nailed that 20-minute lesson, that written task was spot on, the presentation that we made them do was, you know, it was so engaging, it was fantastic, the marking task was, you know, it made sense, it was practical, it identified next steps, and their interview, including all the safeguarding questions, was perfect, they were great, and they honestly seemed like a lovely person and they'd fit in. Um, what what did they say for the pizza question again? Pineapple. Ah, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, who, no, who else did we have? Yeah, that's me out. That's it's me like, out. It's, it, it, when, he, when he said, what, what, what's, uh, what kind of fruit? He said, oh, I'm a passion fruit because I have a passion for children. And when, when, you, when you deliberate at the end, some, Michael Jackson had a passion for children as well, didn't he? He's out. Yeah. Um, it's mad though, isn't it? Because like, when I first started teaching, um, it was li- the interview process was as simple as anything. It was I, I literally just sat with the head teacher and a governor for about twenty minutes. Whereas now, um, honestly, it's like the Krypton factor now. Just to I put that reference in by the way, just to see if I can get a ding on the bell. Does that get a ding? <laughs> yeah, there you go, Krypton. Because it because honestly, I get sent I get sent so many messages like you were saying there from NQTs or people going for job interviews. And some of the tasks that they get asked to do now are absolutely crazy. It's like, right, you've got a, tw- mm. you know, you've got to teach a, tw- teach a 20-minute lesson uh, to a mixed group of children from reception to year six. You know, they speak five different languages. You've got a TA, but they're blindfolded. Uh, why? We don't know. Um, it's a spag lesson on the subjunctive form. And by the end of it, the children should have been able to cure cancer. And it's like, you got any ideas for that? I'm going, I don't, I don't know. So it is, and, and the worst is if you go for like an SLT. So I've had a few friends who are now sort of trying to go into management. And the worst thing about teacher interviews, not only do they sort of draw it out, because with a lot of things in teaching, it seems that you have two choices of how to do things. You get the exact same outcome uh, of employing someone, but you can do the easy route of just seeing which one's the best teacher, or you can go through this long-winded, They've got to do all, jump through all these hoops, uh, and then most schools choose because that's what we like to do as teachers. Sometimes is whatever's the busiest way of doing it, we're going to do that rather than just keeping it easy, yeah. keeping it simple. But it's when you go through the whole process. So I've had a couple of friends like this: two-day interviews. They've got to do assemblies. They've got to teach lessons. All the stuff you were saying there, and then they don't get the job, and they find out it's gone to someone internally. Oh no! <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's like, well, what's the point if you're going to do that? If there's an assistant head who's stepping up to deputy, why do you have to then involve people coming out of the classrooms go through that whole process when you're going to give it to them anyway? That that's one that winds me up big time. Yeah, there's Although, that kind can, of, you, go on. can you imagine? Can you imagine the feedback being, "Oh, we didn't give you the job because when we asked you what your favourite what cereal you were, you said Frosties, and we were looking for cornflakes, <laughs> yeah, or we we're looking for Weetabix." Yeah, I suppose so. But it is funny. I'll tell you one that I've had before uh, is um, where you get to bring one thing to the interview that reflects your personality. That's always a cracker as well, isn't it? Like, we, one of my best mates didn't get a job. Um, he went up against this other one, down to the last two. 
and they had to come into school do an interview and um he said it went went fine but this other girl had baked cakes and brought them in that's what got her the job oh, that she is... lasted a term <laughs> she lasted the term and in that term we never got any cakes when I was on when I was on my teacher training, and I'm I'm, I'm a bit older than you two, and uh, we, we one day we had to bring something in to a to the to a class that um, said something about us and our personality and our loves, and I brought a seven inch single in by the Smiths, and I stood up and I talked about this seven inch single, and this trainee next to me went, "My dad's a big fan of the Smiths." <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, I mean, I'm going to say it's like the, the children are great at making you feel old, but when it's a trainee doing it, I think, you know, you've added their yeah. mark at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I'm as old, like one of my pupil, the first class that I ever taught, one of them's now training to be a teacher. Oh, no. That makes you feel old. That makes you feel old. Yeah. Um, what about this one? So at Fran Hill 123 says that she got asked... I'm assuming you won't be offering sport as extracurricular, so uh, what else could you help with? <laughs> Which, I mean, that's not great, is it? <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, here's another one that yeah. I liked. Um, at Benjamin EdTech, and I love this one, someone said, tell me about your email address. Now, what Ben's not done there <laughs> is um, told us what his email address is. Because I made my yeah. first ever email address when I was in high school. And luckily, because I was clearly really boring and sensible, I just used my name. But I like to think that Ben's email address was like one that he'd made up with his mates in high school. So it's like pussyslayer69 at hotmail.com yeah. or something like that. Just tell us <laughs> about your email. Dave, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at Alex underscore... Jose says, tell us about a time when you failed and not a cop-out, a real failure. He said, I did, didn't get the job, feedback, too honest when asked about a time when you failed. <laughs> um, now, Alex, I feel he's making an interviewer look bad there, but we don't know what he said. So he might have, you know, maybe he shouldn't have waited until that question to tell them that he'd actually failed his teacher training. Gosh, oh, you know, yeah. his, his DBS check. <laughs> Um, oh, what, God. some others um, at Rich Read a lot which I don't like this one does 2 plus 2 always equal 4 I hate that one because I googled <laughs> yeah. this and there's all sorts of mathematical and like philosophical concepts and, and scenarios and like thought pieces about why 2 plus 2 does not always equal 4 but I kind of just feel like saying, look, I'm, I'm going for a year one job, so for the sake of argument, when we do our mental maths test, I am going to tell them that, yeah, two plus two yeah, yeah. pretty much always equals four. Um, what would you do? So at average Joe T said, what would you do if a motorbike was being driven across the playground at home time? <laughs> um, or at Mr. G Primary 1, if a cow gained access to the school field, how would you deal with it? Turn the other cheek. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Do you know? Do you know that's reminding me of a story actually. When um, when we first had to start practicing lockdown drills, have you had to do that in school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the the head teacher had to sort of uh, talk to the children about why we were doing it, and obviously mm -hmm. they, they didn't want to sort of explain the real reason for it and sort of scare the children. So he sort of started, and it started quite well. He was sort of uh, going on a you know 
there's sometimes things will happen outside of school where we've got to bring you inside some things you know might happen inside we've got to get you outside to be safe um you know so it might can anyone think of something that might happen outside that'll keep you inside and one of the children said something like um because it's like uh uh, sewage works or you know chemical Trafford Park near us like factories you know there could be a spillage of something dangerous gases he was like brilliant brilliant anything else anything else and then he had to try and think of an example ahead and he just sort of went well you know um, there could be a, a rogue cow on the playground right <laughs> and we live nowhere near any sort of farm well that was it for the rest of the day then trying to get any of the children to focus on anything other than looking outside the window for this rogue cow this renegade cow that's coming to take over the playground was quite was quite funny. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was what they wanted. That was a that was the Maybe lockdown it was question. School, yeah. <laughs> we'll have a look, shall we, Mark, at your famous fictional school this week? And um, this was a recommendation from you, wasn't it, Lee? This one. Yeah, yeah. Um, we recently got Disney Plus uh, lockdown. Like you were saying, you've pretty much completed Netflix. We're not far behind now. So, yeah, got Disney Plus and it's added all the films from when I was a kid. And so we've started watching a couple and uh, trying to get the kids to, to appreciate what I loved when I was a kid. And so we watched yeah. this film. And, uh, yeah, I think I think it's, it's not stood the test of time, I think, is, is all I can say on that <laughs> no. one. No. You owe me two hours of my life back, Lee. <laughs> Oh, I, I tell you what though, I did still get a little bit teary at the end. I still got a little bit teary. Oh yeah, but yeah, um, I did as well. Yeah, I got so teary that my daughter got up off the sofa and walked out in disgust. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's have a look at it, Jack. So our fictional school this week, we're going to Nathaniel Elementary School, the educational establishment at the heart of the Francis Ford Coppola-directed film Jack. Now, rather than look at the school itself, I thought, like Jordan, we'd take a closer look at a pupil who attends the school. The pupil in question is Jack Powell, a 10-year-old fifth grader living in the body of a 40-year-old man. Now, I can imagine there's many listeners out there thinking, wow, with Ford Coppola, one of Hollywood's most celebrated directors at the helm, Jack's journey through the American education system with the juxtaposition of having a child's understanding of the world while having the appearance of a man who can buy top-shelf mags without being challenged by a 7-Eleven clerk will be a balanced and sympathetic story (laughs) that highlights the benefits and indeed challenges of inclusion in our schools. Well, if you're thinking that, you're an idiot. (laughs) Jack Powell is a sweet, energetic 10-year-old boy who has a severe ageing defect that gives, that gives him the outward appearance of a grown man. But from the moment his homeschooling tutor, played by the part-time pharmacist and sex offender Bill Cosby, <laughs> persuades Jack's parents to send him to school so that he can start to socialise with children of his age, we start asking questions. For example, why does Jack's dad wait until his first day at school before he teaches him how to shave? Remember, Jack is a 10-year-old boy in the body of a 40-year-old man. With my back-of-a-fag-packet maths, I reckon Jack would have needed to know how to shave when he was about four years old. (laughs) That would have made him around 16 years of age in in his appearance. And as any secondary school teacher will tell you, Year 11 is full of boys walking round with facial hair that makes them look like Ron Mayle, the keyboard player from Sparks, 
or Father Ted's housekeeper, Mrs. Doyle. I do know that one though. <laughs> the thing is, though, if he's got if he's got the uh, if he's got the men, you know, if he's got the uh, brain age of a four-year-old, would you let them loose with a razor? True, true, true. <laughs> yeah. Not surprisingly, once Jack gets to school, he's initially unaccepted by his fellow classmates, and he doesn't help his cause when his oversized frame gets stuck in the desk, which eventually collapses under his weight, and therefore providing a you've been framed laugh for everyone. <laughs> Fortunately for Jack, he finds sympathy from his caring and rather beautiful teacher, Miss Marquez. A teacher so beautiful, in fact, that her looks have convinced one boy in her class that he wants to be a gynaecologist when he grows up. <laughs> Eventually, Jack starts to gain acceptance from his peers. After being picked to play basketball with his classmates against a team of older boys, Jack uses his height and strength to lead his class to an unexpected victory and with it a well-deserved acceptance from his friends. Of course, growing up, we've all had that one friend who looked a little older than their years, though granted not middle-aged. And we would often take advantage of this by sending them into the local shop to buy those items that were beyond our reach. And I'm not just talking about Razzle, Penthouse and Housewife's Gash. For many of us, the first time we ever tried sucking on a regal king size or having a sip of hooch was when our older looking friend came out of Athwals clutching a red and white striped carrier bag full of the kind of things we'd only been able to try after nicking them off our nana while she was in the kitchen cooking herself a ball-in-the-bag cod and parsley sauce. (laughs) To be honest, I kind of lost interest in Jack's educational journey once he had gained the trust and friendship of the other children, and so by the time he was graduating from high school and as as an elderly gentleman, my interests were elsewhere, namely my favourite lockdown position of staring at a blank white wall. (laughs) Though it's worth mentioning the part where Jack's homeschool teacher, remember, played by the convicted sex offender Bill Cosby, was fed an unidentified concoction as part of a treehouse initiation, (laughs) and noting that this wasn't the first time the actor had been, been part of a plot that involved ingesting a mysterious cocktail to gain access to an inner, inner sanctum. <laughs> Yet, there's no pivotal, pivotal scenes of a man waking up next to a severed head of a horse or the slaughter of a herd of water buffalo. But what Coppola's Jack does remind us is how we should accept people for who they are and not how they look and that a little kindness from us as teachers can go a long way to improving someone's day. It also reminds us that training for seven years to become a gynaecologist isn't always a guarantee to Jennifer Lopez's fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I knew you'd have a field day with that one. It has not aged well at all, has it? I couldn't get over it because you have a completely different perspective when you watch it as an adult. Like, there's a Mm. scene in it where he just rocks up and just kisses... Jennifer Lopez, and then nothing happens on yeah. the back of it. No sea poms, no discussion with the parents. <laughs> he just gets away with it. Just you know, that made me laugh. And then the scene where he pretends to be the head teacher, and then suddenly the mum tries it on. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the mum. Because <laughs> yeah. I know that happens to every head teacher. You know, one conversation, <laughs> and then you're in the bar with him. Well, let's take a look then at some of the questions that we've got for. Lee, now there's two questions that we ask all our guests and then we've got one that is specific to you. So they are very generic, uh, I will say, these first two. So let's go with the first one uh, that we ask. Uh, Either your favourite, funniest or embarrassing classroom moment 
I mean, what did you go for? Oh, this is so many. My, one of my funniest, <laughs> and it, it probably, I don't know if it'll come, but um, years ago we had this TA, and um, she like she was great, she was fantastic, but she loved the power of being a TA and being able to, you know, uh, tell children off and get children to line up. You know, when you get the power. Uh, yeah. And, and she loved it and we went to I remember we went to the Trafford Centre to go to the cinema as a school trip because they used to put on it was the way they used to be able to practice fire drills so they'd invite us as a school we'd all go they'd do a fire drill and then we'd get to watch the film for free so we finished the film and we're all sort of lining up and um, so she's you know really busy she's on it she's trying to get everyone in line and then of course a couple of kids were sort of playing up and then she saw a kid out the corner of her eye sort of walk past her and so she turned and just screamed at this child, what have I told you? Go and line up. But this child was at the cinema with their mum, didn't even go to the school. <laughs> so she just turned to this random child, berated this child in front of his mum, and then was just sort of looking sheepish. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So that one always cracks me up just um, uh, just for the cringe, cringiness. That's, um, yeah, that's that's a bit of a lesson in in karma there isn't it you know if you've yeah, been yeah. kind of embarrassed if you'd be embarrassed to do that in front of their parent then really you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing it any other point yeah um now my next question and i think i did put on the notes that i sent to you lee how long have we got for this one because me and mark have been on yeah. one of your courses before so we talk about teacher bugbears and what you would maybe put into a teacher version of of room 101 now i've got a few ideas of what of what you might say um but having only asked yeah. you to pick one uh, at the minute i'm kind of wondering which which direction you're going to take um i mean i mean this yeah like how long we got um i'm going to go more topical with the situation we find ourselves in now at the minute yeah and uh i think i'm going to go with the idea of that like unless you actually work in education i don't think you should make any sort of comment about schools or education um, the one thing that's wound me up the most about the whole lockdown thing is every other day you'll get someone who doesn't work in class, who isn't involved in education, but wants to sort of uh, undermine teachers or sort of uh, make a comment about how we're failing children by not being open. Uh, stuff like that just winds, winds me up. And it's really interesting because I think generally speaking with this whole process, I think that teachers are going to hopefully get a lot more respect from a lot of the parents who are homeschooling yeah. to realise that, you know, teaching isn't just a, uh, those who can do and those who can't teach. No, there's actually a skill, there's a talent to being a really effective and good teacher. And I think, generally speaking, a lot of people are realising that in the way they've probably never done before. But you still get the odd person. Like, who was it yesterday? Um, Michael Wilshot. Is it Wilshot? No. The Ofsted. The old Ofsted guy. And he's saying you're going to have to come in at weekend and and after you know in the summer. Well, the summer it's just holidays. like, mate, yeah. what are you talking? You know, do one. You're not in the job anymore. No one needs to hear from you, pal. Just do one. Just enjoy your retirement. No one needs to hear, mate. You know, no one's listening to you. You know, it's just it just winds me up. So that's currently with everything we're going through. That's the biggest bugbear mm -hmm. at the minute. Um, a lot of the other stuff, given what we're going through as well, seems to pale into insignificance as well. You know, other things yeah, that I'd definitely. usually moan about. I think a lot of schools are sort of wising up and realising actually that didn't really matter in the first place anyway. So, yeah. fingers crossed, the positive that might come out of the whole situation we're in at the minute is 
when we are back to normal, whenever that might be, a lot of schools will say, actually, we didn't need to do this before, so let's not let's not do it. So fingers crossed for that. Yeah, the, the, I have noticed a few, and I like it on the, on Twitter if someone posts out a, a controversial opinion, you can tell that it's been a bad take because they've, it's got maybe like 11 likes and one retweet and then 3,669 comments. <laughs> you think, yeah, 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 that was <laughs> yeah. a bad take, that one. Um, yeah, who was it? There's that Rupert guy who did it, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was like, uh, what are teachers doing at home on full pay? More than you, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More than yeah. you, you absolute <laughs> um, Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my uh, bugbear. Yeah, all right, last question then. Do you think then, this is sort of specific uh, to you now, I've, you've been, you, well, you've spoken at BET, haven't you, a few times, and I've, I've attended yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of times, and there's always some great um, innovations there that they're, they're trying to bring in, into the classroom. So do you think that there's a piece of tech that you, you think could be like the future or part of the future of teaching? Imagining just for a second that this, the budget isn't really an issue, and, and for whatever reason it became really readily available, what do you think? that that could be the um, take-off. I mean, there's quite a good few things, that, like machine learning at the minute, potential to that is absolutely unreal, but like, I, I, nev I always want to use technology to sort of uh, transform what we're already doing, and I never want it to replace face-to-face uh, yeah. -face interaction. I never want that, that, that to happen. Um, I mean, if there was one thing I wish we could somehow invent and then sort of utilize, not necessarily in the classroom, but just generally, you know Carl Pilkington, how he does that um, when he talks about superhero and he'd be bullshit man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish that could actually be a thing that as soon as someone posts something that is utter BS, that just comes up straight away and says, no, you can't post that bullshit, right? I just wish, because there's so much at the minute, you know, fake news and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's not necessarily the generation we're teaching. It's the generation who are using the technology having no education at all. Mm. And, you know, you see all sort of coronavirus linked to 5G, all this sort of yeah. nonsense. And it just needs the social media platforms just to publish something that every time something like that happens, someone makes a remark based on, you know, whatever science they're, 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 they're referring to, it just comes up and just goes like bullshit, bullshit rubbish. No, you know. <laughs> I would I love it if they just used so. that little clip of, of Carl Pilkington, that little gif or video clip, and he just yeah, yeah. when he's doing his swooping motion, <laughs> oh, shit. yeah, I'd love to yeah. see that. But yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be good. That'd be amazing. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can't use that in class, but um, yeah, I, I, I completely missed something to say because when you said that you were going to do Jack in the movie, um, in yeah. the thingy, I forgot to say that. You know, that's turned into real life, don't you? With with Trump. Do you not think Trump is, has that condition where he yeah. looks like whatever he is, 70 years old, but he's got the, the, the mind of a 10-year-old? Honestly, when I watched it, I was like, bloody hell, it's amazing he's been able to turn into the President of the United States. Yeah. He is, you know, watching Jack pretend says, to be that principal is like, yeah, that's like uh, watching Trump pretend to be a, a president. Yeah. China. Yeah. Uh, that was... Um, yeah, that was a really good, well thought answer that, Lee, because when I initially wrote the question, my first thought was, oh, well, when I went to bed, I got to sit in the um, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, and I thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, just yeah. give everyone we... VR headsets. 
yeah. I mean, the thing that the thing that I always ask, and VR, the potential to VR is amazing, but it is at the minute quite consumer. And and for me, it's all about getting kids to be creative with the technology. Consuming yeah. as a place, and there's lots of ways in which you can use the tech to learn things. But it's more about utilizing tech to really apply what we've learned and apply yeah. that knowledge and make learning accessible. So, I mean, Bet's a great. I I love Bet for the for the people that are there and the networking you get to do. Yeah. I mean, there's ninety percent of the stuff at Bet I wouldn't probably use in the classroom. No. Um, I and it, once you see one interactive whiteboard, you've seen you've seen them all, haven't you? Yeah. But um, I do love I do love the the people you get to meet, and the um, there's always a couple of really good sort of gems that you find there. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, I think when I first started doing what I do, I think there was that element of the novelty and the flashy stuff. Mm. But you soon see through that, and it's about you know effective use of the technology to really make learning accessible for one and empowering for another thanks so much for giving up your time i mean you oh, did no, kind of owe us it back yeah. for making us watch jack so you know we we kind of earned I, put, well, I just thought you'd get a lot of material from it i wasn't recommending it as like this is a must watch <laughs> this is my like, favorite if film. you're gonna do a school you should do this one yeah um but yeah a real pleasure to have you on just before you go um just for our listeners just tell us where they can find you and, and all your stuff and all the things that you're involved in. Yeah, uh, so my website is mrpict.com. You'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now as well. I've, uh, I've, that's how I'm getting through my through the lockdown, just doing silly TikTok dances. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, any support, any any questions you've got about anything to do with technology in classroom, I'll try my best to help. And I just want to say a massive thank you, guys. I've been catching up on some of the episodes, and I think the podcast is absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much for inviting oh, me on. Anytime. Welcome, anytime. Um, thank you so much. And that's it. Thanks again uh, for Lee for being a part of the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. As teachers, it is rare we have anyone's attention for five minutes at a time, let alone over 30. So thank you for that. Uh, do give us a follow on Twitter, at HandsUpPod, and keep an eye out for those posts and questions, and we just might feature you on the podcast. And if you did enjoy it, pass it on to another teacher or educator or anyone else you feel may enjoy listening. Word of mouth is the only form of advertising that we can afford because we are teachers. Um, and also don't forget to subscribe. Give us a, a quick rating if you can, or even better, leave us some feedback with your preferred podcast provider. That's all for this one. Class dismissed. Uh, Mark, if if you were a vegetable, what would you be? Uh, oh, it's easy. I'd be a mushroom because I'm a fun guy. <laughs>